the redeeming that I went through in my business was to say, okay, how can I glorify God? Mm-hmm. How can I actually exist to advance something other than the cause of making me wealthy? Welcome to BAM Perspectives, a conversation about different business as mission perspectives to help build and challenge yours. As BAM Canada, we believe in kingdom impact through profitable and sustainable business using a quadruple bottom line approach. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Over to our host, BAM Canada co-founder, Carrie Ann Ballantyne. And this week, we have the privilege to talk to someone who started his career as a business owner and entrepreneur, becoming quite successful, and then transitioned industries into working uh, with Gideons in Canada, with his last role being uh, the president of the organization. And today, he's a charity consultant serving charities from startup all the way through to legacy charities. So without further ado, welcome, Peter. We're so glad to have you with us today. Yeah, it's great to be with you, Carrie. I'm excited for this interview and uh, excited just to help the BAM network expand its message. For sure. And we're excited to hear a little bit more about your story. And uh, you have some great experiences to share with us and some great learnings along the way. So we're excited to glean from all of your knowledge. (laughs) So let's jump into our first question here. Um, Peter, right off, everyone listening would love to kind of get to know you a little bit more, um, hear maybe about your experiences with business and how you've lived out business's mission. Jump right in and start giving a little picture into your life there. Awesome. Yeah, I, I've been an entrepreneur ever since I could remember. Um, dreamt as a young boy of having a business and to uh, li- live out a passion for business in everything. And so that kind of manifested itself as I got older to uh, look different, right? So as a, as a young boy, your dreams are to do certain things within your capacity. And then as I got older, that dream kept getting bigger and bigger. And so when I was in my 20s, my dream was to have um, a retail clothing company um, that would expand across the world. And so that was uh, something that I dreamed about, something that it actually became possible where I started a clothing company and then eventually in uh, um, the late 90s uh, began selling online. Um, so one of the early adopters to have uh, omni-channel presence of, uh, of retail and uh, to be able to experience, you know, that virtual world of selling online and having a bricks and mortar store. Which but is that- an interesting time because I know not to like disclose my age, but I don't know a time when there wasn't that as an option. <laughs> So it's so interesting that that was such a pivotal like time in like retail even and for you to like take that and run with it. It's awesome. Yeah, it was it was very unique. Uh, it was a very unique time because people weren't actually many companies weren't selling online. And that was the early days of Amazon as well, too. And so no one had a prototype to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have the benefit of like a Shopify where you could just start up <laughs> a, a, st- a store overnight. You actually had to do some heavy lifting and coding. Yeah. And so that, that, that was an amazing journey uh, of my life that I got to experience um, business um, with a success, uh, which was another benefit as well, too. Business is very difficult, but to able to have success and to um, reap the fruit from that. But there was a pivotal point in my life where I, I had an encounter with God that led to um, think about life differently. My goals were shifted. My values had shifted. My priorities had shifted. And um, God put a bigger vision in my heart, not 
like that vision I had as a young boy to dream of being rich and to have a business, but um, different goals. Mm-hmm. And so my, my, my love for business changed. Uh, my view of business changed. And uh, I couldn't reconcile at that time to keep my business. I could only think about serving him full time in a ministry capacity and to be able to move into the charitable space. So uh, that was an amazing uh, move and transition and something that um, it was very difficult as, a, as an entrepreneur to move into the charitable sector right. uh, because the charitable sector oftentimes thinks a little differently and not as an entrepreneur would. And um, the, the, the space itself uh, was, is ripe for change. And so the opportunity that I had at the Gideons to innovate and bring change um, helped propel them in the future. Yeah, that's definitely a big swing because I know that that can be not that they're opposites, but it can be almost seen as like businesses on this side of the spectrum and charities on this side of the spectrum. So that's very interesting. The pendulum swing almost that happened there. And uh, I, I bet you brought so much to Gideon's that they were not thinking because you're having that entrepreneurial perspective. Yeah, and, and you're right. It's it's different because the, the, the models themselves um, are almost uh, polar opposite, in, but they're so much alike. So they're polar opposite, but they're so much alike. But it's how we view when, when we're in the charitable world, how we view the customer and how we, how we view uh, the economic engine is often different from business. You learn very quickly who the customer is. It, as an entrepreneur, you learn about bringing value. You learn about you know, making sure that economic engine, that flywheel is turning so that you can grow and expand and bring more value, sell more product, deliver more service to your customer. And oftentimes um, the charitable sector views um, the the way that you would create income differently. We we don't use those kinds of word, right? Not for profit. So you think to yourself, oh, I'm in a space that doesn't really care about profit. There isn't any profit. <laughs> you don't exist. Exactly. So, so oftentimes profit is viewed as a bad thing in the charitable space. You know? And so those things that are very familiar to a business owner are now coming over to the charitable sector. So that's why I think that there is a merging right now. Yeah. There's a merging of those models that um, because both of them need to, Uh, be redeemed both of them actually need to go through this transformation if we keep working in polar opposites and and we keep working farther away from one another um i think there is a detriment to society Uh, and we're also we're also um pitting one against the other Mm -hmm. and i think that that this moment right now is god's wanting to bring those together yeah that's a really great way to say that, that we're almost pitting them against each other, I guess. I, I think that we realize that in culture, but we, we're not really saying that. <laughs> when you say it, it's like, oh, well, that's not great. <laughs> um, so it really just shows the the growth points that we have as a society. And I really like how you say that integration as well. How, when was the first time that you kind of saw that business could have that missional perspective? Yeah, I think it's it's something that we're all learning as redemptive entrepreneurs about what that is. We're all still trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure out models and um, test cases. So I think that, that when I first kind of got a glimpse of it was in 2001 after I had my encounter with God and that, that there I was to make a decision. Um, was I to stay in my business? 
um, or was I to leave to go and do mission? I, 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 I thought that I was going to leave uh, first and foremost to go in, in, into mission, but then there was this five-year period that I needed to redeem my business. My business sole purpose when I started was that the, the same um, business model that were kind of the, the, like the doctrine that we're taught from business school and the doctrine we're taught is that the purpose of business is to bring the most value to the shareholder. Mm-hmm. And so we had shareholders in our business, my wife and I, who wants to bring the most value to us by creating this business and doing with whatever we could within that, the most ethical way to do that. But the purpose was to create value, to bring as much money to those shareholders. And so I fell in love with that idea. I fell in love with the idea of creating more money and wealth. And and that was a dangerous cycle. So I had to reconcile that. I actually had to put that in the grave. Mm -hmm. I had to bury that idea that that I wasn't in the business to make money. Mm -hmm. I was in the business to redeem this to bring glory to God. Yeah. And so everything, everything shifted in those five years. And I'm so thankful that that transition happened because, you know, I don't view business as a bad thing, but I view it as a bad thing. If your sole value and purpose mm-hmm. is to make money for yourself and yeah. to make money for others. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that that's where the redeeming that I went through in my business was to say, okay, how can I glorify God? Mm-hmm. How can I actually um, exist to advance something other than the cause of making me wealthy. Yeah. How can I do it to serve others and to, to help the lives of others and so that people would know about Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. It's almost like um, in, in the Bible, that one verse, um, it escapes me where it's found right now, but um, it's not saying that money is evil, but it's the love of money is evil, right? And it's almost like you can overlay that, obviously, within reason, this is the Bible, don't change it, all of that. But uh, you can over- overlay that with business where it's like the love of being selfishly motivated is evil, but creating it and creating value is not evil, right? So that's an interesting, almost like, juxtaposition there <laughs> you can take exactly so where where does a business owner go today here they are they have a business they're unsatisfied mm-hmm. with it um and do you abandon it do you do you put it up for sale and get into missions um if you're in that place i think that you have to redeem it um you have to redeem your business if, if yeah. you feel unsatisfied and so it's not abandoning um making money because you need money, right? You need money to keep the lights on, to keep people employed, to keep that economic engine um, turning. But you need to reorder your loves and your priorities. And so that's where making money was not at the top for me. Mm -hmm. It was at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Serving others and ensuring that the community that we were building through our retail store, Mm -hmm. people knew that, they were the most important beyond profit. It, it was putting people first be- before putting the profit. In. So it's, it's, I think that that's where it's, whoa, you have to, okay, now I have to change, you know, everything within my business. You, you potentially may um, just look at your loves, look at the order of those loves. Yeah, no, that's great. And I almost like, that's very interesting. I feel like 
I could ask so many questions about this, but um, I, that would be very difficult. And I'm sure you have a lot of stories of that culture shift that you had to do within your business um, and all the way, like, yes, from your shift in perspective, but then all the way through the whole chain of command almost. Um, what do you think, maybe just even a couple insights for somebody that's listening that is wanting to make that change? What do you think a couple of those biggest challenges were and what would you say to them? Yeah. Um, once again, you know, if your sole purpose in business is to make money, then how you treat people is is going to be realized through that uh, purpose. And so you you most likely will be looking at ways to cut costs, um, staff costs. You'll be looking at ways to cut quality costs um, because you're trying to get, you know, stretch that dollar out. Um, and you're going to be looking at ways that um, that would serve you versus, you know, ser serving the people that are manufacturing those goods for you. Yeah. So I think that's where, you know, not, it's not just an ethical conversation, which it, which it is, but it's not just, you know, ethical in the sense of today's ethics. It, it just bleeds across everything. Mm -hmm. And it really spans across, you know, your people, your product, and how you actually deliver that to uh, your customer. Mm -hmm. And so what changed for us is that, you know, we treated our employees different, mm -hmm. um, that we were more generous with them. They weren't technically shareholders. They didn't have, they didn't have the same investment that we had, but we were more generous with them. We gave them more than, than the minimum of what was required, right? <laughs> and, and so those companies today that are, are actually doing things that you wonder to yourself, wow, how do they stay in business? Because they're actually, you know, paying more than minimum wage. They're giving benefits beyond what they actually have to, um, that, that are required. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're treating their suppliers and those that manufacture the goods, they're giving them a fair wage. Yeah. Um, and, and so those are the companies that I think are starting to figure this out. For sure. Well, thank you for sharing. I'm sure somebody who's listening is going, okay, I've got some first steps now. <laughs> That's awesome. So since learning about business's mission and even coming back to that point when um, you had that encounter with God and really just challenging that integration concept, what in your life has changed? You've shared a bit about the work you've done, how that's changed, how people you've met and your perspectives, but is there anything else that you want to share within even how you perceive the world or anything like that, that is shifted since that, uh, that encounter? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> uh, what's changed? I would say the, uh, well, so many things have changed. I, I think the, the most important thing for me that has changed is that um, I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that for, for me to understand how God wants me to show up in this world mm -hmm. uh, and how he wants to use me um, is, still, is still a learning. And I, I think that, that, that the, the evolution of, of, of Peter in how he serves God's kingdom is still a learning and it changes because the world is changing so rapidly. Yeah. And so I want to be sure that I'm most effective in bringing uh, glory to God in whatever I do. And so I think that that's where, as you know, oftentimes when we get good at something, I was good at making money in business. 
And so I, I got good at it and I got in a rut of doing that. Um, you also become very narrow focused. You don't need to read books because you, you don't need to read books about making money because you're making lots of money. You don't need to read books uh, about e-commerce because I was doing good at e-commerce and I don't need to learn. Mm -hmm. So the posture of learning for me has, has definitely um, changed where I, I, I'm, I'm an avid learner learning more than I, um, I, 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 I spend so much of my time reading, learning different disciplines so that I can be prepared to serve others mm -hmm. in ways that I never thought God would want me to. So I can learn about their perspective. I can learn about their culture. Yeah. You know, I can learn about their um, challenges and struggles that they're having to, to deal with. And that's, been a, a big piece of my life lately is to to be an avid learner yeah that's incredible and I I don't know who said this so coins to them whoever that is but the concept of leaders are readers I think is so I'm sure it's a little cliche but <laughs> um, but it's so true because that's how you become a lifelong learner right and understanding people's perspectives is huge so yeah, shifting gears here a little bit. I'd love to hear what is top of mind for you right now relating to BAM. So I know you have a little bit that you can share of a, a new venture coming up. Um, I don't know if you want to jump into that, or but I'd love to hear what's top of mind for you right now in this space. Yeah, top of mind is uh, a new venture that my wife and I are are looking into and taking on is uh, establishing a co-working space in Mexico. Uh, we've we felt God is calling us to international missions in a different capacity, something I've been a part of for many years, but in a different capacity in a local sense on the ground. Yeah. Um, always admire um, the missionary that picks up their life here and and sacrifices for others and goes to uh, another an, another city, another community, another country. Mm -hmm. um, so I admire those individuals. And I think that that admiration has caused me to press into God to say, where, where could I do that, Lord? Mm -hmm. Where could I, for that season of my life, where could I serve you in that capacity? And, um, and so we believe that God is calling us to this area of Mexico that we're looking at setting up a co-working space to um, help local entrepreneurs for it to be also a place of refuge for our friends here in Canada and America, that they can come and find refuge and restoration. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we can help them with their businesses, their ministries, their charities, but just in a different context. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's been uh, kind of a, a passion for, for me and my wife right now is to explore that. And I think that I'd, I'd encourage anyone that's is trying to figure this out is to be a part of this BAM network, to ask questions mm -hmm. and to explore with others that are kind of journeying through this, this, this same season we're all in right now, where we're, life is being put on pause uh, for many of us, but it's still going, right? You are actually, I think, I think, the, I think the Peloton um, company is a reflection of the, the world we live in today, is that we are flat out. We're still living in community, but it's virtually, mm -hmm. um, but we're not going anywhere. <laughs> so here we are we're on our peloton bikes we're working our stuff off we're we're looking at a community of people through a screen mm. but we're actually not going anywhere mm. physically right and, but i think this time that we have is to build that 
core mm. or where God is going to take us. Yeah. So we get off our stationary bikes and get on our, <laughs> on our other bikes. Yeah. Um, the, the work of the, the, the work on the Peloton is actually going to help us for the next season yeah. that God's bringing us into. For sure. That's a, that's a great analogy. I like that. We gather to scatter, right? We always are continuing to do that. So as we come together, it's an opportunity to pour into each other, make connections, um, people can reach out even on the network reach out and say hey Peter what do you know somebody in this space that can connect me here like that's why we exist it's incredible to see as well just in you sharing that uh, new venture that you guys are working on that's going to be such an incredible um, resource for the community that you're going into and you spend the most of your time at work really other than sleeping <laughs> you spend most of your time there so to be able to be um, present in the space for people um, and building relationships with them is just incredibly valuable from like a relational perspective with God. So um, that's going to be really cool. I'm excited to hear all the stories that are going to come out of that. <laughs> You'll have to come back and keep us all up to date. <laughs> um, but another question here, you mentioned the network as well and just that value that's there. I'd love to hear what you perceive even as we continue to grow within Canada but not only within Canada, our target is for Canadians at home and abroad. Um, but what does that look like as Canadians continue to dream and network and grow? What do you see that the future and the trajectory can look like as Canadians take hold of that? Yeah, I, I think I think having um, each sector come together, the, the business sector, the charitable sector, the, uh, um, the, the our churches, mm -hmm. uh, and academia coming together and just having some real deep conversations yeah. uh, around how we can redeem business and how we can look at, I think, I think too, we often copy as, as a culture, we often copy things in mm. order to, you know, to help prototype, which isn't a bad thing, you know, because it, it's, it's actually, you know, a, a way for, you know, That's how you learn as children, even you copy sounds and then you figure out your own sounds as you grow. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And I think that that's the point, Carrie Ann, is that it's okay to copy in the, in the beginning, but then we learn. Yeah. So let's maybe in the beginning do some copying. Let's, 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 let's copy something that helps us have some success mm -hmm. and get some um, prototypes built, but then also let's start testing some new things. Yeah. So I think that that's what I've admired about um, this community is you have those from from each different sector and within each of those sectors you have you know folks from technology and you have the our academia folks that are there. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I really appreciate how this is kind of like a merging of uh, different sectors. Sure. And so my vision would be is that we actually start practicing some of what we're learning mm -hmm. here. And we test, <clears throat> but we test with grace, mm -hmm. and um, and we test as a community, um, and that community that comes together with all the different skills and all the different parts of the body is is actually able there to support one another through this journey, mm -hmm. and we cheerlead on one another. And, mm -hmm. and I think I think I'm, I'm done with competition in the charitable sector. Um, I think that that is that is. Um, I'm, I'm hoping going to go by the wayside mm -hmm. and that we can actually collaborate with one another to accomplish stuff for the kingdom. 
Yeah, come on, that's good. <laughs> um, no, it's so true. We're all on the same team, right? So let's cheer each other on as we move forward together. So I agree. So final question, Peter, what would your one encouragement be? I know one is difficult, <laughs> but if you, for people that are listening right now, learning more about business's mission, maybe even talking to yourself at 20, <laughs> what would be your one encouragement for someone that's learning more about business's mission? Yeah, it's a great question. I think uh, two, two things is um, be patient. Mm. Be patient to learn, uh, be patient to hear from God and ask a lot of questions. There's, there's so many um, wise people out there that have made mistakes and had successes. And so there's so much wisdom to be gathered. You, you don't need to do this alone. You don't actually need to journey by yourself. And so I think the part of the, the, the being patient is take the time to flesh out this model, but do it in community. Mm -hmm. You, you, you it make it so discouraging that to have someone, you know, rip apart your strategy. Um, but they're, they're, they're doing it because, you know, they love you and they have some wisdom to, to share with you. And, and if we do it in a collaborative way um, where we don't feel threatened, mm -hmm. then we're going to get the best we're, we're going to actually get the best product if we can all come together and you can be vulnerable with someone and share your idea and they can really lean into your business plan and, and, and speak into it from other aspects, the blind spots that you don't see. So I think that that's where I, in this season of my life, I can rush into something this quickly, but if it's of God, um, mm. I won't be missing out on timing. Because right. God's timing is perfect. Mm -hmm. And secondly, um, he requires us to do things in community. So this isn't about Peter building his empire. This is about building the kingdom of God, which isn't a solo pilot exercise. Yeah. This is, this is a group of people together serving to fulfill um, his command to us to go and make disciples to all nations. And we need to do that together. So I, I would say that if you are sensing God is calling you to something, be patient, do it in community, um, lean into the wise people in your network. And if you don't have wise friends in your network, then jump on the BAM network and uh, say, I need some help. Because I think what I've learned is that there is so many generous people here willing to give their time and you, you can learn from them. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Peter. That was very insightful and I'm sure has a lot of wisdom in there from even your own challenges and things that you've learned that we can glean and make our own different mistakes, not the same ones, as we learn from each other and gain their wisdom. So this was a great conversation. Thank you so much from sharing your experiences, um, what you've learned along the way and where God's calling you to next. So um, we're excited to cheer you on and we do look forward to hearing an update as you continue to um, set up and establish that business in Mexico and know that we're cheering you on and the best is yet to come. Amen. And maybe the next interview we'll do from the beach. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds great, Peter. Awesome. Thanks, Carrie Ann. Want to learn more about Canadian Business's mission? 
Check out our website at www.businessasmission.ca for free missional resources, our newsletter, and to join our virtual business community, the BAM Canada Network. We're here to gather and help you grow in your redemptive purpose. So why not check out our community? Your first month is on us.